0: Things went down uh, in the stretch. But, hey, listen, um, you know, the truth is this. When you uh, ultimately don't play your best baseball in the uh, last week of the season, that's what's going to end up happening. And we have three playoff teams out of the AL East, one in the Central, two in the West, and the National League, three in the NL East, one in the Central, and two in the West. They uh, pretty much mirror each other, so we'll we'll get to that during the show today. Obviously, UTEP Friday night is going to be a major storyline that we are going to be talking about. Tons of NFL to get to from yesterday and over the weekend, including a Toy Story game. Canelo victorious in a very uh, one-sided, lopsided fight against Jermell Charlo Saturday night. Uh, so, Adrian, as we kick it off today at the ale House on our big two-hour and 15-minute Monday night football show from out here at Border City Ale House, take your pick, because we can go in any one of a ton of different directions. Where should we start today?
1: Well, Steve, I know a lot of uh, people want us to start anywhere opposite from UTEP football, so that's uh, one thing right there in particular. Maybe we should start off with the great NFL slate. I mean, yesterday featured a ton of entertainment. It started early, just like you mentioned, and I think it captivated a lot of uh, football fans throughout the day, whether it was fantasy, whether they're happy about their team, they're depressed about their team, mm-hmm. or they're like the Dallas Cowboys, happy their team got on the ba- uh, back to you know where they thought they were uh, two weeks ago, instead of that loss last week to Arizona,
0: isn't it weird how the Cowboys laid such an egg last week, but their other three games have just been convincing dominations against everybody?
1: Yeah, and I mean, looked at look at yesterday. That's uh, they made the New England Patriots look horrible. I mean, people in Boston right now are questioning, is Bill Belichick the right coach right now? Uh, Forgetting all about all the Super Bowls that he, along with uh, Tom Brady, won with that organization.
0: Well, you said something really interesting, okay? He won with Tom Brady. I feel like the talk about Belichick these last few seasons, really, you know, the last couple is that maybe Bill Belichick's legacy should take a hit because since Brady retired, they look like a completely different team. But along the same lines, I mean, Phil Jackson won a million rings with Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. And Phil never really had to deal with coaching minus superstars, you know? So when you've had the benefit of having a superstar like Tom Brady and winning and being in all those championships and Super Bowls, uh, yeah, of course, you're going to look like a genius. But... He wasn't good in Cleveland. He's been struggling minus Brady. So I can understand the talk of why fans believe that Bill Belichick's legacy should be looking a little different if he's not able to turn things around with Mac Jones or whoever else the uh, Patriots get as their new franchise QB.
1: Yeah, think about it. It was first Cam Newton who was supposed to be the solution for the New England Patriots. They brought in backups galore. I mean, Jared Stidham uh, was somebody who they drafted and had within their system. Uh, Nothing worked out with those guys right there. They draft Mac Jones in the first round early. I mean, they, they draft him like 12th overall and it just hasn't worked out. I mean, we see a lot of bad quarterbacks week in and week out. We see Desmond Ritter with the atlanta falcons what he can't do justin fields has a lot of question marks still around him Uh, i'm becoming more of a fan of sam howell week in and week out but still you might put him in that category along with other quarterbacks like josh dobbs i think mac jones is actually low on that list he's probably right who would you rather have right now zach wilson or mac jones i mean that's a tough argument right there
0: oh can i pick neither i mean look I know Zach played good yesterday, probably his best game as a pro, but they still lost. And what nobody's talking about is they lost against a Mahomes game that was probably one of his worst games as a pro. So think about that for a minute, okay? You know, we're talking, everybody on the national media is trying to talk about, you know, it, you know how great Wilson played. It's kind of pathetic, I mean, he goes 28 out of 39 for 245 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, right? But he fumbles a snap in a key moment. Mahomes throws two picks, only 18 of 30 with a touchdown, and yet the Chiefs still beat the Jets. They still beat the Jets. You want to know why? Good teams find ways to win. Bad teams find ways to lose. It's as simple as that. Now, does the game give you hope that Zach Wilson is not a total failure? Sure, it does. But when you play like that and you don't win, that you know that's a storyline right there. It really is. and Everybody's talking about how great Zach Wilson played. They lost. They lost the game. I listened to Mike Greenberg today. He was all excited. They lost the game. And, I mean, uh, you look at the rest of their schedule, at least the schedule of games coming up right now for the Jets. They've got the Broncos on the road coming off that ridiculous comeback win in Chicago yesterday. Then the Eagles at home. The Giants, uh, you know, in a a road game, but it's really a home game. And then the Chargers. I don't know if this team's going to win games. I don't know if they're suddenly going to turn things around. I don't feel good. I mean, I guess it's better to play good in a loss than bad in a loss, but a loss is a loss. And nobody's talking about that. They lost a football game, and Mahomes stunk. So how about that for once? You know, you've got a team like Kansas City who doesn't play well, and they still beat you.
1: Yeah, you talk about how uh, guys find a way to win. I mean, uh, winners find a way to win right there. That's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's uh, going to do enough in a game in order to win it. Yeah, it doesn't look pretty. They're up big, and then they let the Jets come back in that game. It started with the safety. uh, And there was a lot of weird plays throughout that matchup. But I I find that there's a lot of question marks, whether it's um, Zach Wilson and the Jets and how many games they'll win. Uh, Younger quarterbacks across the league like Kenny Pickett, with the Steelers, I mean, getting blown out on the road against the Texans. I was shocked there, Steve. I think there's a lot of mediocrity in the NFL right now, especially at the quarterback position, and that's what's making it so difficult to evaluate these teams early
0: on. Well, you're right. I mean, um, I'll say this. if Joe Joe Burrow must be hurt because he looks awful, and so do the Bengals. They're terrible right now, absolutely terrible. We talked about Mac Jones. We talked about Zach Wilson. Um, You know, you look at the Raiders and how bad they are. Even if the Broncos win, they're still 1-3. The Giants are trying to avoid being 1-3. The Bears are winless. The Panthers are winless. The Cards are 1-3. There is a lot of bad football. Other than the 49ers, the surprising Bucks, the Eagles, Chiefs, Ravens, and then, you know, Miami and Buffalo, A a lot of average football right now across the board. Tons of it. So... I'm with you. I am absolutely with you on that comment. And, by the way, Sal Montez put it best. Mahomes used his legs when his arm wasn't doing it. He's like a wind detective. He's going to find ways. He is. Sal, great point. That is terrific, and you're 100% right. Winners find ways to win. Losers find ways to lose. Which brings us to UTEP. All right? Now, UTEP, I, I've heard, I, listen, i Friday night was another disaster, and the season's been a disaster, okay? And we're going we're gonna to talk about the Stephen Hubbard play because it's making national news and national headlines. And absolutely what, happened, what should have happened, happened, and that is a uh, suspension, okay, an indefinite suspension. We don't know how long an indefinite suspension to Brevin Randall is going to happen, but it was a stomp that everybody's talking about. Fans that couldn't care less about UTEP or or Louisiana Tech saw the stomp, and they were infuriated because nothing was called. And after the indefinite suspension, a an apology from Louisiana Tech uh, and Sonny Cumbie to UTEP and uh, and Dana Dimmel, and deservedly so. Um, but the thought that, that 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 stomp turned the whole game around, please, I I predicted 24 to 13 Louisiana Tech, I was off by three. It was 24 to 10. And without Gavin Hardison, who fans have been screaming and yelling to get rid of uh, for the last what uh few games, this was the uh this was what would happen okay you right now do not have a quarterback in any capacity that can lead this team. McNamara got hurt with a concussion, then you had Kevin Hurlier got banged up, and uh, for us, we were most excited, I guess because at least we had a chance to see. Cade uh, playing the game, which wasn't expected. Remember, he's a fourth-string quarterback. Fourth-string he played on Friday because he had nobody else. And if the season, if they played tomorrow night or Wednesday night, Cade McConnell would probably be your starting quarterback. We'll see by next Wednesday in FIU. But, Adrian, this was bad. Um, Nobody was at the game. We knew that was going to be the case. Fans were upset, clamoring for a firing, a resignation, something. That has not happened. Dana Dimmel was out on the field today with practice. Um, I don't expect UTEP to do anything until after the season is over, despite what the fans want. Um, I don't believe Dana will be coming back next season. I'll say that much. But right now, uh, the season has just gone from bad to worse. And it's it, to me, it is hard to fathom that this group is actually 1-5. in five. I find that more surprising than anything. Because given the last two seasons and who's back and the schedule and everything else, uh, there is absolutely no excuse, none, that this football team has won one game against an FCS opponent in their first six games.
1: And to your point about no excuse, I want to bring up the fact that, yes, UTEP has injuries across their roster. Look, they played without uh, Tyron Smith for the second straight game. I don't expect him to play against Florida International. They played uh, with a uh, without, of course, Gavin Hardison, like we mentioned. On the defensive side, they're three deep on their weak safety position, and they're playing with a guy uh, in Tyler Campbell who's only made appearances in special teams. Tavita Tafuna is not playing anymore on the defensive line. Uh, they're also without some other guys, and they're too deep on defense, so they're being hit defensively, but I don't want to hear any of those excuses, Steve, because you had an opportunity, if you're UTEP, to go out and recruit uh, more depth this offseason, and you had more opportunities to add to, to position groups that you thought were thin at other points. They didn't go out and get receivers. They lack in depth right now in their secondary, and even though that. Dave Dana Dimmel talked over the weekend about how they haven't had fortune for this team. They've had injuries. Look, there's excuses are excuses, and the bottom line is they're not winning games. And until yep. they start winning games, none of those excuses will really matter.
0: I got news for you. Everybody deals with injuries. Everybody deals with injuries. It's part of the game. It's part of sports, you know? And you got to be able to uh, overcome that. You really do. Um, once again, 10 points, no excuse. You can't, uh, you, you can't justify it. You can't talk about the no-call, the stomp, the injuries, the backup quarterbacks, um, the injuries to the running game or to the receivers. Look, you've got you to gotta find a way to do it. You have to. And when they were healthy, they were losing. So now they're injured and they're losing. Well, you know, again, they were healthy against Jacksonville State. That was a loss. They were healthy against Northwestern. That was a loss. I mean, they've had plenty of games where they've been healthy, and they haven't been able to win. And again, I, I just, I can't believe they're one and five. I just can't. I mean, even if you're the most pessimistic UTEP fan, or the biggest, uh, you know, you just, you just, you know, you know that they can't win, and you don't believe, and all that. Nobody, nobody expected this team to be one and five right now. It's, uh, it's, it's hard to fathom. It, it really is, and. I was at UTEP basketball practice Saturday, and somebody who attended the practice told me that uh, they had heard and were pretty sure that Dana Dimmel would not be around on Monday. Well, that's not correct. I just don't feel like, uh, you know, that they're going to do anything in that regard until after the season is over. And then you'll probably get a release, um, you know, discussing a potential settlement or buyout or he won't be back or something along those lines because UTEP can't do this for another year. They just can't. They absolutely can't cannot do this for another season so yeah that's tough that is really difficult and uh, you know again I, I go back to to this team and and this storyline Adrian and um you know I really was um, thinking that this was going to be a their best year this was the year that that uh, Dana Dimmel's been waiting for for a lot of reasons everything's shaped up to be that way and instead not only has it not happened but it's gone the exact opposite direction through the first six games. And that, to me, is is something that I never would have expected.
1: Yeah, because we're talking about on this team in an individual perspective, a lot of all-conference recipients. Look, you look at uh, Dion Hankins. He's an all-conference player. Tyron Smith, all-conference uh, player. And you look at that offensive line. Veterans all over. Four out of the five were starters from last year on their offensive line. And there was just a lot of expectations going into the season around this group, but they have regressed. They haven't gotten better. They've regressed, and I don't know where you find wins. I don't know what kind of motivation or lack thereof is right now in the locker room, and how do they continue this season? I mean, do they start going young and focus on some of the younger players that they have, or they continue with the older guys and just get them as much reps as possible?
0: Yeah, that's true. That is true. That's, that's going to be a big decision for them. That's going to be a very, very big decision for them. All right, let's start the calls off today with Kurt. He'll be first up, 505-6009, our telephone number, 600 ESPN El Paso, out in social media. Easy way to get into the show. Kurt, welcome aboard. Thanks for the call.
2: How you doing, Steve? Hi, Kurt. All right, first of all, uh, this is uh, obviously very, very frustrating to watch this team go through the season with everybody coming back. We all know that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think there's more to it than what we know in the locker room, with the coaches, and maybe the team, the coaches lost the team, but – going on and uh, I heard on the callin show I guess uh some of these players are uh, some are sitting out they don't want to play anymore and uh, we don't know who they are I mean Tyron Smith I know he's hurt or not or he's not getting plays to him or something like I heard the Arizona game or there's a lot of players that, that are chosen to sit out that don't want to play anymore so uh, there's just some things in there that, we're, that we that we don't know what's going on but it's, it's going sure. on
0: yeah, there's a lot and, of behind-the-scenes uh, stuff. I agree with that. And there's a new rule saying that if uh, you don't want to play, you can basically redshirt yourself. That's a uh, that's a new one. But listen, if there's one thing that uh, they're trying to do right now with student-athletes, it's give them all the power to do whatever they want. That's just what it comes down to. You know, you don't like the situation you're in, go play someplace else. Uh, you, don't, you don't feel that you're getting treated right. Then go, uh, go play someplace else. You want to just, seems uh, not, season's not going the way you want it to go, well, you could just voluntarily redshirt yourself and go find someplace else to play. I mean, that's just, that's the reality of what college sports has turned into. They're trying to give the athletes, the student athletes, all the power to do everything. And unfortunately, when a team is not playing particularly well, this is the end result of what can happen.
2: Uh, well, I think they're going to go rest of the way, probably 1 in 11. And I think. Something's gotta be done. He needs to resign or something has to be done after that. Don't what do you agree?
0: I mean look, if um I'll be honest with you, he's under contract for next season. Okay, he's got one year left, and he's making eight fifty. The his his contract reads that if they don't go bowling this year, which we all pretty much say is a foregone conclusion, uh that the university can buy out next year at sixty five percent of his base, which is about five hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Um I do believe That based on the way this season has gone, uh, unless something happens that nobody expects, kind of like the first six games, uh, that they will find a way to reach an agreement and move in a different direction next year. That's just, uh, I I know, I have no knowledge on that. I just don't see this university possibly going through another ten months um, and and going into next season like this. I, I don't think there's any chance that happens.
1: Steve, I just want to add to that point. How could you win? You have a veteran group. I mean, if you had a group who is sophomores, freshmen at this point right now, you could uh, make the narrative of a rebuild or a younger team or something that is going to grow within a pipeline. But to have uh, a group like this that is full of seniors—eleven yep. guys who are starters or seniors right now—and then you talk about ten guys who are redshirt juniors or juniors by eligibility, like that—that that has to be something
0: when it comes to this team, right? I agree with you. I totally agree, and I think that's one of the reasons why, knowing next year was probably going to be more of a rebuild anyway, because they were going to lose a good chunk of their roster, they're probably going to want to do that with a new regime than with the current staff. That's just, and again, there is no basis. I have not spoken to anybody or talked to anybody within the university. To me, that's just common sense. That's all it is. That's just common sense. I, And I know some fans are going to say, well, UTEP doesn't have the money to buy him out. Trust me, they'll figure out a way to get it done. They will figure out a way to get it done. So, and that's and it's unfortunate because never, I never, I did not expect that. Absolutely, uh, I don't think anybody did. I really don't. All right, nineteen past. We'll keep things moving. We got a busy show today as we go to Charlie One. Let's get our first traffic update of the afternoon. All right, twenty-three past the hour. Back on Sports Talk Live from Border City L House, fifteen oh six. Lee Trevino. Come on down, folks. $3 cans of Modelo, $3.50, pints. It's pint night out here. I just uh, i didn't have lunch, so I was extremely hungry when I got here, and I just had a couple of delicious chicken fajita tacos. They've got great food, whether it's the chicken fajitas, steak. They also uh, have burgers, chicken sandwiches, uh, great apps, brisket. They have pizzas, a lot of good things out here at Border City El House. you got to check it out. Um, again, 1506, Lee Trevino, the home of Sports Talk Live, every Monday for Monday Night Football. We're going to be giving away prizes from all that music and video located at the Fountains of Farrah. Big shout-out to uh, Tom, who takes care of us uh, with George every week. Tom's all decked out in his Seattle Seahawks jersey today at the store because the Seahawks are playing the Giants. So he looks good. He's ready to go for the game tonight. We're giving away some great prizes uh, from all that music and video. We'll tell you about... We uh, also uh, are not just done. We've got tons of other great prizes that we are going to be giving away on the show as well. In fact, um, once again, uh, 915 Sports and Novelties inside Bassett Place has given us some very, very cool things. Uh, We are going to be giving those away as well. So you need to come on down and check that out, folks. We've got also um, 915 Sports Novelties at Bassett Place. Border City Ale House, uh, and uh, also our home with um, not just the great food and drinks, but all the prizes you can register to win at halftime, including all that music and video. And I believe we even have a pair of tickets to Way Out West Fest coming uh, here to Southwest University Park for all you country music fans. We'll be giving those away as well. Now, I've heard a lot of fans suggest that... Dana Dimmel should be out of a job um, now during the bye week. And I couldn't uh, disagree more with that, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, I I think that uh, Dana should be able to coach out the season, uh, despite the 1-5 in record. Number one, it's year six. Um, It's going to cost UTEP a lot of money to buy him out. In that regard, I'd rather see him finish this season and see what they're capable of in the final six games. You're not going to find your next head coach today or this week or this month. It's not going to happen until after the season is over if the university decides to go in that direction. And I don't think there's anybody on this staff that would suddenly say to themselves, "I want to be named interim coach and try to guide this thing through the end of the season." I remember what happens. I remember what happened with the Kugler situation and they brought Mike Price back out of retirement. That was a total Disaster, total disaster. Do not want to see that happen again this particular season at UTEP. Um, I feel like Dana deserves the opportunity to at least see what he's capable of over the last six games, and if they don't win another game or if they fall short of the postseason, which looks like a very big possibility now, then the university can go in another direction. I just don't see anything positive of making a move now especially since there is nobody on this staff that is screaming out give them the opportunity to coach this team the rest of the way out Adrian
1: so an administration would do this right they would they would fire a coach mid season for uh, a couple reasons. Number one, they would do it for the donors or the fan base or those who are supporting the universities. And number two, and number two, it's for their image, right? They want their image uh, to be restored for the football perspective at some level. Back in 2017 when Sean Kugler resigned uh, at the Prospector, I was working at the time, um, we had one of the UTEP football players on our Prospector staff. His name was Augie Torres. Uh, He played tight end for the minors at that time. And I just remember, I mean, number one, we got unbelievable access, as you could imagine, to all the UTEP stuff behind the scenes. And number two, he was just detailing with us all the time how difficult it was just being a player in a locker room that was in full disarray. I I get it. Right now, October 2nd, writing is on the wall with this current coaching regime. But at the same time, all these starters were recruited by head coach Dana Dimmel. They were recruited by this coaching staff right there. And when you do something like that mid-season... Uh, fans just, and people from the outside just expect for it to be a jolt uh, in terms of excitement. Like, you know, everybody in the locker room is going to rally together. That's not what happens, especially at programs like this with UTEP. Uh, often at that time, coaches lose trust with players and vice versa. Players can't trust the coaches. I remember back in 2017, Augie Torres said that they were losing trust as a locker room with the administration at UTEP. And you really think about it, that 2017 season when they went 0 12, how far? far that set the program back, UTEP can't afford that again. There's no three- or four-year rebuild anymore. There's a one- or two-year rebuild, in my opinion, nowadays in college football with the transfer portal and NIL and what you could do with that uh, in a college football perspective. Look at Texas State and how they've turned things around so quickly under their uh, young, hot, rising coach in G.J. Kinney. So I feel like for UTEP's perspective, they have to wait till the end of the season. And I get it. If you're a fan, you want change now. You just have to be patient if you're a fan who wants change at this very instant.
0: I mean, is the locker room a mess right now? It probably is. Are players divided? I'm sure they are. They're 1-5, in and they're not playing good football. So it's not like they're losing every game, and they should, you know, I mean, they make mistakes. They have, Now they're dealing with, uh, you know, key injuries to big spots like the quarterback position and other big positions right now that they're dealing with, like wide receiver. Um, and, they, and they weren't uh, putting up a lot of points when everybody was healthy. So I get all that. I do. But like I said, um, number one, Given the amount of money it's going to cost to get this done, if in, if it, that's what ends up happening, uh, it's not exactly like UTEP can come up with cash overnight for contract buyouts for major head coaches. They can't. Now, some believe they can't come up with it at all. I disagree there. I think they will find a way, given the circumstances, if... Things do not improve, and it sure doesn't look like that's going to happen to move in another direction. I do believe that's what is that's what's coming, and I've wanted to see how the first half would go before I really talked about this. And I feel like I've seen, I haven't seen anything to make me feel like the next six games are going to be any different, Adrian. Maybe they win a handful, maybe they win one more game, maybe they win two more games, but three and nine, four and eight, that's that's not going to cut it. And to me. One in five right now, with their schedule remaining, and how difficult November is going to be anyway, given who they have to play, like Western Kentucky. Heck, New Mexico State's going to be a battle on October the 18th, given that team. I mean, you just don't see wins coming from any place in particular at this point. So, if that's what happens, and unfortunately things don't get any better, fans are going to be checked out like they are right right now anyway, and you just got to hope that you make. The right hire when given the opportunity, whenever that is, to bring in someone that can actually do what nobody else has been able to do, and that's leave the program in better shape than when they arrived.
1: That's exactly right. I mean, I, I think I you know I draw back to this past minor talk, but everybody felt like they had the right answer. And the bottom line is, uh, let's see if the next hire or whatever happens in the in the future, if that ends up actually changing this university's bad streak of football history for the better, uh, because no other uh, coach has actually done it. This is such a hard job right here at UTEP to coach this football program, and it's historically bad. So when you're uh, fighting against an uphill battle and fighting against recruiting, uh, you know, just uh, little hurdles that you have in your own backyard to get people here. It makes it a difficult job, not to mention the scheduling and the conference and, you know, the fan base that is, that is passionate about winning. I mean, it's a tough job. And I'll say this,
0: okay? Dana Dimmel is one of the most media friendly coaches you're ever going to talk to, okay? I like him personally. Um, I've gotten to know him, his wife, his son. I like the whole family. He's the kind of guy you root for to win because he's a good guy. He really is. He's just, you root for him. But unfortunately, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. As simple as that. And I think a lot of people probably have called in the show, have said the same thing. They like Dana. They like They like him as a person. They like, you know, he's everything you'd want the ambassador of your head coaching position to be. But, If, unfortunately, you can't win games with a team like this in a season like this, with a schedule like this, given what's happened uh, in the previous few seasons and what's gone on, then you got to look to go in another direction. And and, and it's just as simple as that. As tough as that is because he's such a likable guy. Hey, um, it's all about winning football games, turning your program around, making money for the athletic department, and taking the next step. And, Adrian, they're going backwards instead of forwards. And to
1: your point about him being likable, I mean that's why uh, you know people like us trusted his evaluation of his own team, saying that this was going to be a high, uh, you know, a good a good team. There were high expectations, but they were justified and all that kind of stuff. And the fans roll their eyes because they hear Dana Dimmel after games talking about how there's missed opportunities, and you know he liked how they play at some points, but uh, you know it it was just because they went down fourteen nothing against La Tech. That's the reason they lost and they felt like they should have won that game you know that's where fans start to roll their eyes and I understand that point but at the same time I I really agree he's a great person and that's why I think for some out there it'll be difficult to see this program kind of uh fall into disarray I mean right now they're irrelevant they're one of the worst teams in college football across the country and that's just a reality they have to live with
0: you're right all right 33 past the hour we've got lines available if you want to chime in you can get into the show at 505-6009. That's 505-6009. You can also uh, get us on uh, Twitter or X at 600 ESPN El Paso. That's at 600 ESPN El Paso. More comments coming up. But first, here's Adrian with this Sports Center update. Thank you very much. Once again, 505-6009. That is our telephone number to get through to the program. And uh, also, 600 ESPN El Paso, if you would like to comment. Um, I'm looking at some of the comments coming in. This comes from uh, Poncho. I think Coach Dimmel has lost most of the players, maybe because he has favorites like Hardison, or uh, maybe there are other reasons, but his speeches don't seem to be working. Also, why continue to run your third quarterback down the middle when the first two are hurt? Uh, Chad Middleton. Common sense and UTEP is like oil and water, Steve. Well, you know, hey, Chad, uh, you've been around a long time, so have I. I've seen a lot of things happening. Hope uh, you know when it when it comes down to the next one, uh, they they you know they they change the uh, change the template. El Paso visuals deportivos. I don't root for anyone to lose their job, but if UTEP and Dana Dimmo go in separate ways. There is one coach that could do the exact same thing Mike Price did in two thousand and four, get back into coaching and restore their reputation on and off the field. Urban Meyer would give UTEP instant cred. UTEP could be second chance you again instead of Mike Price, it would be Urban Meyer. I'll pass the visuals, Deportivos. I appreciate it. Um, look, there's a lot of names out there. You could throw Urban Meyer if you really wanted to take a chance and not care what anybody said about you um you could also uh bring in others that um, have also had their own issues whether it's um you know the the players um, you know getting in trouble with um the ncaa or the university i mean i'm thinking about um well let's put it this way you know you look at art bryles there's another one right we've talked about that remember what happened with him a lot of problems there look I don't want to. I'm not going to keep repeating this because number one, nothing's happened, and Dana Dimmel's their head coach. So really, as far as I'm concerned, until they make a move, there's no sense going in this direction and start bringing up suggestions. However, I will say this: whoever they go with, my dream is to ultimately hire somebody young, up and coming who is not going to stay, is going to leave in three or years or so, and when he takes another job at a Power 5 school as a head coach, this university is in a much better position than when that individual arrived. I would love to see football become a stepping stone, like basketball was, after Don Haskins arrived. Because you think about it, and I know it didn't work out well for Jason Rabidou taking over for the Bear towards the end, but after Rabs, you had... Um, you know, coaches like Billy Gillespie, Doc Sadler, Tony Barbie, young, up and coming assistants who were thought to be head coaches on the rise. That's really what it was. And I'm hoping football goes in that direction. Because the last time they really went there was Bob Stoll. He was at UMass, he was young, he was unproven at the bigger levels, and he came here and he won. And then he left. And he parlayed this into Missouri, which was a really good job. In fact, he's the only sco- he, he is the only coach since Bobby Dobbs who has ever left UTEP for a better head coaching job in football. Think about that, Adrian. Fifty years, fifty years, and there has only been one head coach who has ever been here, left when they're on top, and parlayed it into. A P5 job, and that's Bob Stoll.
1: Yeah, it shows you also how coaches here at UTEP, they unfortunately, this is where their careers go down, and uh, that's a sad thing, but it's not just, uh, you know. Dana Dimmel, Sean Kugler, you can uh, look years and years and years back. This is a bad program, and uh, that's what they're trying to look for right now. Somebody who's going to help restore this program, uh, somebody who's going to turn this program into a winner. I agree with you. It's way too early. We're talking October 2nd right now. You talk to us in two months or a month and a half from now, then there's names that start to be popping up. Then there's names of coaches who are maybe offensive coordinators at a Power 5 school or maybe a trendy coach out of a group of five school or something like that those uh, but to talk about any of the candidates october 2nd to throw urban meyer out there i think that's far-fetched
0: it's not fair to dana it really isn't no he's still the head coach on this team right now and you're not going to start look when the time comes when it is we'll have lists of coaches we'll go in that direction but it's not there yet it's not time and by the way he took a program that was um that was winless at rock bottom, built them into a seven-win team in year three. Was it year three or year four?
1: Uh that well. Are you counting the COVID year? Because after the two, one and eleven seasons, and the three and five season, that's when they
0: went to the bowl game. Right. So that was year four. Correct. Right. Yes. Year four. So seven wins in year four. Five last year. So twelve wins in the last two years. You know. You tell most UTEP football fans that your football team has won 12 games in the last two years, and you would think that this year would be positive. Heck, that poll we took on Twitter, how many people were projecting, you know, big, like six or more wins? Like 70% of you were. We all thought that was the case. It just didn't happen. So, you know, everything was set up for. Them. It just went, unfortunately, in the wrong direction. That's, you know, the only thing you can say. So, and it's too bad. It really is. And if it's going to be, um, you know, someone else after that, I'm really hoping they buck the trend and they don't go in the same kind of directions they've gone. I'm hoping they try something else. But until then, no reason talking about it because Dana Dimmel's their head coach and they've got a game a week from Wednesday on the road against FIU. And hopefully that's the start of something that could try to turn this thing around before it's too late. We'll have to wait and see. 505. 6009, that's our telephone number as we continue here on the program. Come back with more in a moment. Sports Talk Live, Border City L House, 1506 Lee Trevino on 600 ESPN El Paso. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue, 505 6009, that is our telephone number. This poll is uh, just up uh, three minutes ago, and here we go. What do you think UTEP football should do at this point of the season at one in five? We have three choices: one, fire Dana Dimmel now; two, wait until the season's over; three, be patient, wait for 2024. 2024. Eleven votes are in. You can choose one of those three options. Now up to 14 votes. It's going to get interesting. What do you do? Wait till the season's over? Do it now? Or be patient and wait for 2024? You can vote at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter or X and uh, be ready to go. We will keep you up to date on this particular poll question throughout the course of the show. Adrian, I have a feeling that when it's all said and done, Wait until the season's over and fire Dana Dimmel. Now are going to be pretty split as the number two choices.
1: Yeah, we just had to throw the third one out there just for for fairness, right? And uh, I agree with you. I think that's where the fan base is right now. I feel like uh, the fan base is frustrated. Uh, No one was saying positive things about this team over the weekend, and uh, understandably so. This uh, fan base feels like, uh, it, they're out on this team right now. We had even callers on minor talks suggest they wouldn't renew season tickets if they, things don't change. So I think fans have just been fed up uh, as a, as a result of losing from UTEP football.
0: Ryan Guzman uh, gets in and says, if they part ways now, they could get a big jump on scouting the upcoming candidates for 2024. Trust me, Ryan, they already know who some of their candidates are for 2024. In fact. Um, given the season and the way it's gone on, and I and I heard this years ago from Mac Rhodes when he was in El Paso working under Bob Stoll, and Mac told me that he always had a list for all sports candidates during any situation. Like you never know when either a coach leaves or gets dismissed or gets fired. You never know what's going to happen, Adrian. So it's almost like. You're not doing your job unless you have a list of candidates for the major sporting coach, the major sports at all times with you just to make sure you're prepared. Right, because what if they boomed this
1: season and what if uh, suddenly Dana Dimmel's the hot name on the block, you have to replace him on the on the other side of it. You always, point is, you always need to be looking as to what's next or worst yep. case scenario and you never want to be in that situation but you're if you're ever in that situation as an athletic department you're prepared and you're ready to go. You're not scrambling and wondering oh no, 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 what do I do now? You'll be in a good position at that the case
0: again we'd love to get your phone calls into our five o'clock hour our phone number is 505-6009 give us a ring more in a moment as sports talk continues 600 espn el paso two here on sports talk with two lines available He's Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplow. It's coming your way live at Border City House, 1506 Lee Trevino. Getting ready uh, for the Giants and the Seahawks a little more than an hour from now. It's pint night, three fifty, four fifty, and five fifty pints. you got $3 cans of Modelo. You also have a $4 Fireball here at the Alehouse, as we'll be giving away prizes at the half, including... From uh, and, and so many great prizes. Like, where do you start? How about uh, 915 Sports Novelties inside Bassett Place? We've got uh, a great classic autographed Ray Mickens Champions Fund shirt signed by many of the celebrities that visited back in 2007. This was a find unearthed by Robert Gonzalez from 915 Novelties. He had them. He found them. He asked if we wanted to give them away. We said, you better believe it. 16-year-old shirts signed by sports celebrities and football stars. Yeah, we'll take those. We're going to give that away today. Also from 915, we've got a San Antonio Spurs 47 cap. We're going to be giving away today for you Spurs fans. We've got tickets to Way Out West. The Country Music Fest coming October the 7th featuring Brantley Gilbert at Southwest University Park. From our uh, friends also at All That Music and Video, located inside the Fountains of Farrah, we've got a uh, Funko Gold of Russell Wilson as a Seattle Seahawk, along with a Giants lanyard. We're going to have DVDs from both the Giants and the Seahawks, as well as bottle openers, and that's all for you to win at the half. We've got Minor Talk stickers. That's right, Minor Talk merch that we're giving away here live. Uh, And those are just for the asking at Border City Alehouse, 1506, Lee Trevino. All right, we've got a couple calls ready to go. We've got the Twitter poll up right now, which is, if you're UTEP, what do you do um, at 1 in 5? And the options are fire Dana Dimmel now, wait until the season's over, be patient, wait for 2024. 36 votes are in. 47.2% of you that have voted say fire Dana Dimmel. Now, 44.4% say wait until the season's over. 8.3% say be patient, wait for 2024. Um, Hey, El Paso Visuals gets a little defensive, Adrian. I mean, isn't Sports Talk Radio in every city and town with the local sports team a lot of speculation and conjecture? I only brought up Urban Meyer because of the topic you guys were talking about. Don't rip me for joining and playing the card game you guys started. Hey, we never mentioned a name. We never mentioned a name, nor will we. He's still the head coach. We just said what they would do when the time comes. And my opinion is turn this job into a stepping stone for once and make there somebody that's going to come in here, win, and get out and get the – one of the better young and up-and-coming uh, names around. That's all I said. Didn't give you any examples. Neither did Adrian. So the Urban Meyer example was thrown out by El Paso visuals. And uh, you know, hey, look, that's his opinion. I mean, I'm sure others probably would agree. And see, who knows? Maybe some would want, uh, you know, someone want Art Briles, or somebody would want Mel Tucker, who had just coached at, um, you know, Michigan State and was let go with that situation, that scandal. I mean, who knows? But. There's no reason to name names because the truth is they already have a head coach, and it's Dana Dimmel. He's in year six, and he was at practice today and is uh, most likely – going to be coaching out the season despite uh, what what some fans want, Adrian.
1: Yeah, plus a lot can change between now and the end of the season. I'm not talking in the Dana Demo perspective, but any coaching candidate. So let's say you want to throw any names out there. Well, there's a lot of season left between now and the end of what? November for the regular season. If uh, you talk about a coach who does not want to even have any discussions after the bowl season, well then it could drag on even longer than that. But the point is, it's early to start uh, naming names already. Uh, Not too early to start scouting though if you're from the administration
0: standpoint I agree with you I do agree with that so um, once again more uh, are coming in on social at 600 ESPN El Paso congratulations to Sule boom getting a training camp invite with the Denver Nuggets that's a very cool story and by the way I was at practice for basketball on Saturday Adrian I had a chance to watch it firsthand and I got to see a scrimmage that lasted about 45 minutes to an hour. And that was also something I, I really enjoyed seeing for the first time.
1: That's awesome. I know that you wanted to get out there to watch practice. What were your first impressions on the high schoolers? Because those are the guys, the high school freshmen, like the true freshmen, Trey Horton, uh, David Terrell, Babakar, and Bengi. What were your first impressions on those guys? Those are, I guess, the guys who I found pretty interesting.
0: I think that, uh, you know, I don't expect to see a lot of Babacar anytime soon. I think he'll probably redshirt. He is enormous. I know he's not listed on the roster, but he's there, and he is a big, big boy. And I think that, you know, as he gets more comfortable, hey, uh, you can't coach size, and when you've got a seven-footer on your team, that makes things interesting. Um, I think David Terrell is farther along at this stage than Trey Horton defensively. And I think that that could be the key for him to getting more opportunities early on. He's also six four, looks very good with the basketball. He was in pra- he was at the gym an hour before practice started because I got my times wrong, so I showed up at nine, and they didn't start working out till ten. And when I got there at nine o'clock, he was already with Eddie working on his shooting and working on his offense. And what I've been told is he's a gym rat and basically is in the gym every single day working on his game.
1: That's great news. I think Trey Horton might be the more polished shooter, but you're right. The guy who has more of a path to playing this year, maybe it's David Terrell when it's all said and done. I think it's early for all those guys. Now, did Zid Powell and Corey Camper Jr. jump off the page to
0: you as far as newcomers go? Um, Zid had been out for a little while with Mono, so he was back. But watching Zid play, I could see the mean streak. I can see the experience. I like that. Um, I liked Corey Camper Jr. a lot. I thought that it was fun to watch some of the matchups. I mean, you know, whether it was Camper uh, guarding Trey Hardy, I like that. I like Terrell also in some of those matchups there. Um, I also noticed the kind of shape some of these guys are in. Calvin Solomon looked good physically. Same thing for Derek Hamilton, who's dropped 30 pounds. John Dos Anjos looks much leaner than he was last year. It seems like a lot of these guys, and so does Kevin Kalou, who, by the way, didn't seem nearly as passive in practice as maybe some people have seen him during the last couple of years in games. He seems like someone who wants to just have a much larger role and take control of a basketball game. Uh, down low so I think some of those things were good to see and remember they're only a week into workout so we're gonna have a lot more to watch before their first exhibition game later this month but yeah I, I definitely liked what I had a chance to see from this team I like Elijah Jones he's six eight. he's bigger than uh, Sibley in terms of size he's just built better um, I think Frazier looks good and he might have a, a nice year this year so um, you know, how many games are they going to win? I couldn't tell you after watching one, two, uh, you know, hour and a half practice. But I feel like it's a little bit of a different makeup. I think they're bigger. They're more athletic. They seem to also, the intensity level was already up at a level I liked. They're hungry. And I, I feel like, you know, this is just a little bit of a different team compared to what we saw last year.
1: I mean, that's good to hear. I think minor fans will like to hear all that kind of stuff from you. I've noticed uh, that you know they're going to be the same team that they've always been under Joe Golding, which is great on defense. But the big question I still have, and I don't think we're going to find out until maybe uh, the first game or around the first game, is where they get their offense from. Because uh, Tay Hardy's obviously uh, taken a step up from what I've seen over the offseason, same with Otis Frazier. But where do they get other consistent offense from? I think you're going to have to get it from both corners. Camper and Zid Powell. And if Zid Powell's uh, your alpha male and he's dominating uh, in the scoring game, that bodes well for the
0: Miners. I feel like Fraser will score more this year. I think Kalu will score more this year. If Hamilton can stay on the court, I think he will score. But I agree with you in the sense that um, Camper, Powell, and I think Dos Anjos will score points. Um, I think those are some of the guys that, can, that you can ask to get in, involved in some of this. And you know, that, that makes me feel pretty good. And I think they'll be a better shooting team. I'll say this. When I went last year to practice, right out of the gate, the first thing I told you was they can't shoot. And I remember what you told me. It's early. Give them time. It'll come along. It never came along. When I watched them this time work out, they could shoot, they could make shots. And, that's a, and that goes a long way in your first impression, not seeing a team that's building a house by throwing brick after brick up there, but instead watching a team that could work the ball around, play good defense, make shots. Hopefully that stays true to form this year.
1: Yeah, and that should stay. That should hold true. Obviously, when when you're talking about the season itself, so those are all good signs. I mean, you don't actually. We saw the red flag with UTEP football. Where are they going to get uh, their offense from? Well, it'll come along. It'll come along. Well, nothing's really come along, and you still saw it in basketball there as well. Like the coaching staff. Oh, yeah, they're they're going to come along with their offense. So the shots will start falling, and they never did last year. So the fact right. that those shots are starting to fall early on to the off season, uh, into the training camp and uh, they were falling in the offseason. That's a good sign. That means that they're taking the steps up for guys that they needed to develop over the system.
0: Let's go to the phones. we got two calls ready to go. One line available, 505-6009. That's our telephone number live from Border City, El House, 1506 Lee Trevino, getting ready for the Giants and Seahawks about an hour from now. Dan, you're first up this hour. Thanks for the call.
3: Well, thank you for taking it, Steve. Um, you know, Steve uh, – well, let me ask you this. Uh, yes. This is not Demo's last year, right? He still has
0: one more year in his contract? Correct. He's still under contract for 2024. That is correct.
3: Okay. Well, you know what's going to happen? The miners will not fire him. They'll give him his last year simply because economics, unless they're really, well, if they continue to stink it up, they, they, they will have to eat it. And, and I'll tell you what I'm angry at. I, you know, I defended Demol. I mean, even in the first, game when he threw the third down the third down in the red zone and he threw for the end zone, I would have done the same thing like I said you know, the following day when I called. Yeah. Uh but I'll tell you one thing, uh I just can't believe what he sees in Harding. He has put his future, his his life in this kid. And this kid is a D one athlete, don't get me wrong. But he's not a D one starter and what the pros see in him, yeah, the cannon sixty, you know, 60 yards in the air, not too many people can do that, okay? But his decision is poor, uh, and basically, uh, and you saw what happened. He gets hurt. Now, Demo has not never bothered to bring another quarterback along or even, maybe not even give him reps in practice, and that's why if this guy – does not get back into the game and play even a mediocre game, the minors are going to stink. And you know what? Uh, I'm not for firing any coaches because I know how that goes, how it feels. But they, this just goes to show you that the minors, they, they need to decide. You tell me to decide. Are we going to be a, a program that's going to be meaningful in football or are we just going to hope the basketball brings in revenue? And now that's just not happening either. So I, I really think that everybody's calling for uh, the most job. You know who should, they should be calling a job for? The athletic director. He hired him. He needs to go. He needs to go because you, you, you know what? He's the one that made the decision. And if that man knows anything about football, and football is what drives every university, every high school uh, in the state of Texas, then if he can't see the, the demo explain a football that just is not conducive to winning, then maybe athletic director needs
0: to be fired. Now, I'll say this. He hired him like a month into his job, okay? You can't give somebody one hire and then you're gone if it doesn't work out. you got to give him an opportunity to try again. And, I mean, you know, um, if in, in in hindsight Danny Dimmel's not the answer and he didn't get it done, then you know what? you got to hope that the next person you bring in will do it. And then if that doesn't work, then I can understand. But it's so tough when you're a month in, and that's the first big hire you have to make. Because remember, he shows up, and what happens, Adrian? Tim Floyd retires after like the first week he's on campus right. and then he's his job is also to take over a winless football team and bring in somebody as head coach.
1: And if I'm not, now I gotta go back on some of my early reporting when this uh, hiring first happened, but if I'm not mistaken, there was a, sh- a search firm that executed the hiring for Dana Dimmel. So, I mean, sure, yeah, Jim Center signing off on it, it when it first happened, that's, that's one thing. So I don't really knock him or fault him for that hire when it first happen but if you're a fan out there and you want to hold uh, this athletic department accountable for the extension that's yeah. another thing because there are other programs who made bowl games, had winning season, what have you, and extend and did not extend their coach or fired or moved on from their coach instead and I'm not saying that they should have done that after obviously going to a bowl game but maybe uh that's where you hold the athletic department accountable
0: you could but at the time I thought that was the only move they had they could make i mean Winless when he comes in and inherits a team. First couple years, one win, then three, then seven. And he only had a year left on his original contract. Like, think about this, too, okay? Let me spin it another way. If you've got a coach who goes from no wins or one win to seven wins by year four and doesn't get a raise and then is out of job the next year, who would possibly want to come in here and take over this job if they know – that you could win seven games by year four in a total rebuild and not get an extension. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of things that that uh, red flags uh, coaches could look at right here for this job and say, why would I want that job? And why would I why would I take it in the first place? So I'm with you there. And yeah, that that was the only decision that they could have made at that point. I I'm just saying that hindsight's yep. everything, right there. It so is. So if you, you, know, so you want to go out and and you want to you know uh, knock the athletic director at the Initial point of hire. I think that's unfair. If you want to uh, talk about the extension, maybe that's a little bit more of a debate of a conversation.
0: We'll get to Orley and Cruz coming up on the backside of this timeout. Seventeen Pass Sports Talk Live, Border City Ale House with six hundred ESPN El Paso Sports Talk coming your way live from Border City Ale House. Fifteen oh six Lee Trevino checking our poll: What UTEP should do. After six games, well, 80 votes are in. 58.8% all say, fire Dimmel now. 31.3%, wait until the season's over. 10%, be patient, wait for 2024. Two hours left to vote. At 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter or X, if you want to chime in. And... If you're just joining us uh, here on the program, we have been reacting from Friday's game, and really the first half of the season. I mean, let's be honest. If you're grading the first half of the season, this team gets an F. There is no way you can give them any other grade. When you come back in the second half in your first home game to beat an FCS team and lose all other five games, you can't. I mean, I I would love to grade them out better than that, but I I don't see how you can do that. And um, as we talked about earlier, You know, despite the start to the season and where this team is at, um, I think that there will be something done after the year is over. I don't believe it'll be done before then. And the biggest reason why I don't think there should be something done between now and the end of the season is, number one, you're not going to find a new head coach until the season's over anyway, even though you're probably already looking at putting your list together. And number two... Um, in fairness to Dana Dimmel, who I'd like to see finish it out, so he could turn things around, or the fact that they really don't have anybody on the staff that you can look at and say, man, they deserve an opportunity. Like, I'll give you a great example, okay? Um, here's a great example. Let's just say UTEP makes a change, and they decide t- tomorrow that Dana Dimmel is out as head coach. And in the process... In looking at the program, they went internally, okay, and they decided to promote from within to be the interim coach for the rest of the season and and take over this team, Barrick Neely. If you're Barrick Neely, do you really want to deal with that? Is that something you want? I mean... You're the recruiting coordinator, you're the running backs coach, you're still young, you know, you've got a lot of potential, but I don't think that anybody on this staff wants that. And again, talk about the Mike Price situation from the year when they were winless, and Mike came out of retirement, which turned out to be one of the worst moves you could have ever made. And that team was leaderless the last... Seven, eight games. It was a dumpster fire. And you know what? All these players stayed on the roster because of Dana Dimmel and, and and his relationship with the team. And if there are if if it's unrest right now, imagine what'll happen if suddenly they their head coach is gone and the season continues to go south. Then it's just a total disaster. At least give the guy an opportunity. See if he can try to resurrect things, knowing that if it doesn't get any better, they're going to be looking anyway after the season's over, Adrian. So that's, that's, that's just kind of where I'm at on this whole thing. I, I, I believe that um, they should, you know, stick with Dimmel as their head coach. And if things don't improve, then they could look at going in a different direction when the season's over. I
1: just don't see the the positive outlook of firing this kind of coach midseason when you just laid out all those things. Also, you talk about some of the guys on this team who are getting looks by the NFL. And, again, fans will listen to this. They'll roll their eyes. They'll think to themselves, how is this team that's 1-5 going to get anybody in the NFL? But that's – I mean, hey, look, you've got a linebacker in Tyrese Knight who's one of the leaders in the country in total tackles, a quarterback in Gavin Hardison who, despite all – all of our thoughts on him, despite what we've seen over this time in the past three years or four years of him starting at quarterback, he is still getting looks from people and scouts to play at the next level. And then you throw in other guys like Kobe Hilton, Praise Mayulay, and others. Those guys are trying to play on Sunday. So that's what you still have to play for if you're looking at this team.
0: Other than that, there's not really much. All right. Let's go to the phones. 505 6009 Orley is first up. Orley, thanks for the call.
4: Well, we had a no twelve. He had Will Hernandez. So that's you can yeah, still get second
0: round draft. pick. By the way, who was yeah. I think? What was he? Uh, first or second overall that year by the Giants?
4: Second overall by the Giants.
0: Yeah, in the second round. That's right. In the second round, so you can you can get a, a draft pick. Of course.
4: Uh, first of all, uh, it's a. T- I'm tired. I mean, I I have supported. I go out there every game, and I'm I'm tired. Um, Once I got down 14 on on Friday night, you knew the game was over. The game was over. This is not a team that's going to be built to come back. Um, You let him, yeah, he got another year. I think he won't come back. I think they'll make some kind of deal and buy him out. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as Hardison, I think. I think Gilmore has ruined Hardison. The coaching staff has ruined him. I think he came out as a, could have been a stud, but had bad coaching. That's my opinion. I think he could have been something special, like a Palmer. Palmer was great. Uh, Price got hold of Palmer and turned him into a pretty good quarterback. And um, I think Hardison got the raw end of the deal. That's just my opinion. Uh, He had a call Saturday night, call in about... No, there's a local individual that's coaching in the Pac-10 right now, Pac-12, Pac-2. Let's bring it. No more, no more, no more UTEP tie-ins. Yeah. He tried that with Kugler. It didn't work out. I like to see them get a young coach. Look what, look what Texas State did with the carnage word. They went after their coach. Took half the staff with them. And now they're, what, 4-1, and one? beat Baylor, add Baylor, it can be done if you get the right coach. Unfortunately, we don't have the finances here, so we're going to have to be very selective with who we get. And we have to. And I do not blame centers for this. You're right. He was only here for a month, and he was put in a bad situation. So it's not him. I just think no more retreads. I'm tired of the retreads. Uh, we need. I agree. Somebody in. Yeah, I'm tired. And I'm tired of saying we got to start and build a foundation. No, let's get a quick fix. Quick fix, turn this thing around. If you get a quick fix, people will start coming. Uh, it's just, it's frustrating. Now, UTEP basketball, the schedule's not bad. Uh, uh, it's a couple games that I think, I mean, I wouldn't waste my time at the first two games. But, you know, I've got a perfect promotion. Perfect promotion for, for UTEP basketball. What's that? When they play Austin Peay. They know, they're, know that they're curious. let's go pee. Get the guy from New Mexico State, a quarterback, to come out at halftime
0: and lead the. Oh two. my God! You want to bring Diego Pavia on board? <laughs>
4: yeah, bring him in. He can lead the cheers. Let's go, team! Yeah. yeah,
0: I like it. That's on the
4: lighter right. side. That's on the side. but I think um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, but there's a lot of people that are frustrated, are tired, and I think a lot of it, a lot of people are tired of this style of ball.
0: Oh yeah. There's no doubt about it, and I appreciate the call. I think that's part of it too. Yeah, I mean, if you're losing and you're throwing the ball and scoring points, that's one thing. But uh, this team can't. This team has been offensively challenged really since the season started. And how ironic, Adrian, the one game where they score points, they give up 42 and they still lose.
1: Exactly. I mean, that's the that's one of those that you're just kind of scratching your head and wondering what happened right there.
0: Yep. Let's go to Cruz, then we'll go to Sports Center and come back with Augustine. 31 past the hour. Cruz, welcome. How are you? I'm doing
5: okay, buddy. How about yourself?
0: Appreciate you waiting, Cruz. Thanks for the call. Well, uh, I appreciate it,
5: too, too, for taking my call. Uh, I think we need to go uh, Coach give Coach Daniel some more time. I know I've said uh, something to the contrary before, but if if we uh, replace him, we're going to lose some of the recruits that commit to us. And we're going to lose some of the players that are already here. Many of them keep in touch. Uh, he knows the team, and, and hopefully he can figure it out. Uh, not all coaches and quarterbacks are a good fit. That might be what we have here. This happens in the NFL. where They'll create they'll a pretty good quarterback for another team because it's not working. He's not panning out with that system. And um, um, uh, maybe if we let him write it out even next season and, and – uh, Maybe he'll figure it out. Hopefully hopefully he will.
0: Cruz, let me say this, okay? When you bring up the quarterbacks in the system, if you're the head coach and you are now into year four of this quarterback being your starting quarterback, you would hope that you would have realized a lot sooner than now that maybe he wouldn't be the right quarterback for his system. I feel like Dana has always believed that Gavin, if – given the keys to the sh- uh, to the car, could can take this thing and run with it since the beginning. I think the key is also this. His first year, when he was flourishing as a starting quarterback, he had Jacob Cowing and Justin Garrett. I mean, that was a terrific one-two punch of receivers. And I know Tyron Smith had the 1,000-yard season last year. But the truth is, you know, when Gavin was winning seven games, he was throwing the ball up. And guys were bringing it down, making plays, and doesn't have that right now. And yeah. he hasn't added any running aspect to his game. Like if Gavin decided, you know what, I'm going to be more of a running quarterback this year, and instead of waiting around in the pocket for things to open up, I'm just going to take off when given opportunities and run with the ball. Then you know, then all of a sudden he'd be more of the Dana Dimmel style of quarterback. But the truth is. Is that if Dana's never brought in another D one transfer to really compete for the job, and he's always given the job to Gavin and and kind of hung in there with him, then if it doesn't work out and the miners lose and Gavin doesn't get any better, then ultimately your coach is putting his own job on the line with a quarterback. He's betting his job on Gavin Hardison. And if that doesn't work out, then you know what? You're not gonna be you're not gonna be the head coach. It's as simple as that. So that's the gamble you take as the coach. You know, you you love your quarterback. You want it to work. But if you don't really bring in anybody else to try to take his job and it doesn't pan out, then oh, ultimately you could be out when it's all said and done. Yeah,
5: I was going to add that too. You to the point. Uh, we,
0: we have to look at
5: the team as well, uh, um, the support team. And, uh, you know, we can't put it all on the coach. How how well did you the players prepare for the season, and uh, they're also you know not performing at the level that they have in the past. So uh, something something like that you can't really just figure out if they didn't prepare properly, they didn't prepare themselves properly. Then uh, coach the coach Dana demo really has that against them because they're not yeah where they should be.
0: Exactly right. Exactly right, Chris. I appreciate the call. You're right. The players don't get it done then the buck has to start someplace and it usually goes at the coach if the players don't get it done he's the one that recruits them they're the ones that coach them so you're 100% correct there 35 pass let's go back to adrian for sport center then we'll get to augustine as we continue adrian thank you very much we're live border city el house 1506 lee trevino giants seahawks come down tonight and watch monday night football with us as we continue here on the show. Let's get right back to it. Phone calls continue with Augustine. Who's next up? Augustine, what's going on?
6: Hey, Steve. It's funny that on the radio there's this weather thing going on. That I come in and uh, and nobody's going to be able to hear my opinion Thank on goodness. Utah football.
0: <laughs> we, uh, we purposely planned that, and we knew that with the weather happening, we had to bring you on rather than take a commercial break. So, anyway, yes.
6: No, but... Um, but, Steve, I wanted to touch on something different than UTEP football because I think everybody's eyes are open. Uh, was it on the Brevin-Randall thing? Was it a correct thing to suspend him indefinitely? Yes. And, oh, yes. Okay. I
0: mean, he stepped on a player's head and neck, I mean, and did it maliciously. There is no – of course it's, it's the proper what, – what would you have done?
6: No, I, I, you know, um, you know, a lot of people are saying that um, that um, that it was just a one time thing that it's not his character. You know, the whole song and dance. But I've know, not uh, heard
0: that from anybody, Augustine. I have looked on social media, and thousands of people that don't even care about UTEP or Louisiana Tech have all said the same thing: it's a disgusting act, and he should either be kicked off the program or punished.
6: Yeah, no, that that I agree with. Uh, the The thing, it's a tough thing for somebody to be, you know, one moment to define your, to define well, your, um, well, to define your career.
0: Uh, Brevin Randall just issued this statement. Okay, this came out uh, within the hour. Let me read this for you. I want to apologize and take full accountability for my action towards Stephen Hubbard in the UTEP football program. I am aware that my action was unacceptable and does not align with what Louisiana Tech or I stand for. Although one play does not define me as a person or a player, I take this as a lesson to learn from and hope others can learn from me because I will never condone behavior of this matter. I hope this finds your heart well as I plan to use my time away from the game. I love to reflect on how I have impacted Stephen, my university, team, and family.
6: It was nicely written for him, yes.
0: Yes, exactly. It sounds like the same kind of release from other athletes that have been guilty, maybe not the same things, but of something along the similar lines. It's very much in line with that. So, yes. And yep. by the way, yep. does not mention if he tried to reach out to Steven and apologize uh, personally or if it was just handled like this. I don't. I mean, Adrian, did you hear anything at all about Brevin Randall reaching out to Stephen Hubbard either after the game or by mm-hmm. phone to apologize?
1: I didn't hear anything about that, uh, to be honest with you. I've also just saw, uh, seen this uh, release for the first time. Uh, the AD stepped in quick on it. Conference USA was not going to step in on it. All they issued was an apology on the call, or lack thereof, and that was really it. That's all we saw yeah. after the fact.
6: Agreed. It's situation it's a tough situation Steve and and one more thing a uh, and, and and this and this one hurts it really hurts damn you Cowboys damn you have a great day Steve
0: all right thanks for the call 20 front of six right now as uh, we continue here on sports Talk. 505 six zero zero nine. Paul Reynoso gets into the program at 600 ESPN El Paso. For us UTEP fans, we just have to endure the suffering for the rest of the year. Changes will come, and eventually there will be a light at the end of the tunnel. Thank you, Paul, for getting in on that as well. Um, Anyway, you want in at 600 ESPN El Paso, 505-6009, our telephone number as we continue here on Sports Talk. We're coming your way live, Border City, L House, 15.06 Lee Trevino. Continuing right up to kickoff, Giants and Seahawks happening here with 600 ESPN El Paso. 12 in front of six. little runaway for you Bon Jovi fans, the old Bon Jovi fans. Seattle, the Giants getting ready to play. We're getting ready out here at Border City House with prizes, including tickets to go to uh, the Way Out West Country Music Festival Saturday, October 7th at Southwest University Park featuring Brantley Gilbert. Also, a, a couple of uh, Giants and Seahawks DVDs, a Russell Wilson premium gold Funko Giants lanyard and a couple of uh, bottle openers. Courtesy of our friends at All That Music and Video inside the Fountains of Farah and 915 Sports and Novelties inside Bassett Place, giving us a classic Ray Mickens 2007 Champions Fun sign t shirt along with a San Antonio Spurs uh, ball cap. Again, you want to win those and get these free Minor Talk stickers? You got to join us out here at Border City Alehouse. House. All right. Let's keep moving along. Luis is joining us next. The sports talk continues. Luis, how are you?
7: Doing good, good, doing good, Steve. Great show, by the way. Uh, Thank you. I've been Luis. there at Air Hawk when you're there. Even better live.
0: Appreciate that. But, Thank uh, you.
7: I've I, I, I got to express some uh, or vent about the minors. I'm, I mean, I'm just, it's sad that they can't put up a winning team, at least 500 teams, every year. Every yep. year. And, and I got to say this, I don't know what they're doing wrong. I don't know how they select these coaches. And they're probably fine. They're good. In other systems, whatever they do, they got to make sure they're getting coaches that can win here in El Paso. Because if they do it, they're doing this, the same thing, 50, 45 miles away up in New Mexico State putting up better teams than UTEP. UTEP has a bigger school. More money, I think. Why can't they do it here? What are they doing wrong? Do they need to go up there? And and as much as I hate to say, because I don't like the Aggies, to go and learn from them, really? What do they need to do? I mean, somebody's got to light a fire on these people, get it right you know, a little more emphasis in the football team because it does bring them money. But falling, other than canceling the team, which I don't think that's a good thing, or yep. going down division, that's not a good thing, good thing either. But, I mean, they got to do something, Steve. Something needs to be done. Too long has this city been supporting UTEP, and what have we gotten in return? Other than hats, uh, slogans, Funny slogans, good slogans. Come on. Stop wasting the time. This is time. People, generations have gone, come and gone, without seeing winning teams. Decades. Come on.
0: It's time. More emphasis. I got a question, Luis. I got a question. How old are you? 58. All right. At least you were alive the last time this team won a bowl game. Yes. That's, not a lot of us could say that, Luis. Let's be honest. I was born, um, well, let's see, based on you, I was born about eight years after you. So I I missed it by six years. We moved here in 78. So, you know, it was 11 years after their last bowl win. But the fact is, yeah, I mean, you were two years old. Think about that, Luis. You're 58, which means you were still in diapers the last time UTEP won a bowl game, and you're right, it that needs to change, and it should change, and I hope it will change uh, sometime soon. You know, the interesting thing is this, Luis, they've, over the, uh, let's say, the last, I don't know how many years, you know, we've seen a team be competitive. We've seen a competitive team that's gone bowling but lost. We just have not seen them take the next step and become a perennial winner. That's That hasn't happened. If anything, uh, it, it, the worst part is, like, when you think that's going to happen, not only does it not happen, but then they take a step in the wrong direction. I think that's yeah. what's so frustrating. Like, if you're expecting to have a big breakthrough year, and they're at least, like, you know, decent, that's one thing. But when you're expecting the next step and they go in the 180 degrees in the wrong direction, that's what's tough. That's what's yeah. difficult.
7: And you know what the, the, also, Steve, that I know sometimes you can't predict what's going to happen. I thought this, team, this year this team was going to be a lot better. I really so did
0: I. <laughs> so and, did and
7: I. It's disappointing, Steve, that <laughs> yep. they, they, in the beginning of the season when they start selling the tickets and come on and this and that and everybody buys into it, hey – we are buying into it for a reason. We don't even know what the team is going to be like. We're buying into it all faith, right? Yep. All faith. based on faith. See what, what they're going to do. And guess what happens? They let you down again. That's sad. Yep. I mean, we're, we're everybody's tired of it, really. Everybody is tired. And there needs to be a big change. They need to rehaul everything. Overhaul everything. Start from scratch, whatever it takes, whatever it takes.
0: I'm telling you, Luis, I I think that there's enough people within that athletic department that know what they need. They know what they want. Now the question is going to be, will they be able to get to a point where they could actually get that? And I'm interested to see if that ends up happening anytime soon. But I appreciate the phone call. Thank you for getting in today uh, here as we continue on Sports Talk and are winding up the hour. Ah, Adrian, Friday, 6 o'clock, I just saw the ad. Aaron Jones coming to the NFL Network with his origin story.
1: Oh, let's go. Thank goodness, Steve. I do not have to spend uh, $9.99 um, a month on NFL+. Plus. I can watch it on NFL Network. Thank goodness. Not another uh, subscription that I need on my side.
0: There you go. I'm happy for that. Two hours in the books. We'll get you right up to kickoff. Giants Seahawks live. Border City L House. More in a moment. Sports talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso.